When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you, Vanessa. Wild morning into a wild run home. Breakfast on SEM with thanks to Brighton's lawyers. Bit of common sense throughout the day. Jimmy Smith and Matty White, so that'll balance up the ledger there. Uh, unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's lawyers, who are great supporters of the show. And even want to have you say on the show, thanks to Brighton's lawyers, Motorola open line 1300 01 1170. Premium affordable smartphone. Hello, Moto. And hello, Brett Phillips is on the line. G'day, BP. Uh, good morning, gents. You made it, BP. Oh, Two weeks, strenuous weeks. Mm. Sabalinka takes out the ladies. The Aussie boys get the doubles, and Novak joins Rafa Nadal with 22. Yeah, I mean, there's always you know, great storylines, isn't there? I mean, I think we were absolutely spoiled last year with Ash and Rafa's comeback and you know, Kokonakis, Kyrgios, and and then Ash is not here, the Ks uh, not playing in the doubles, and, and Rafa gets injured. So what does the storyline look like this year? And I think, you know, as soon as it was sort of, uh, you know, guaranteed that Djokovic was returning uh, to his uh, home away from home, uh, he started as the hot favourite. You know, Carlos Elcarez, the world number one, not here, um, which was a bit of a shame for everyone. But, yeah, Djokovic, uh, fascinating uh, two weeks. Uh, I mean, there's always a lot going on in and around uh, Djokovic, obviously, when he plays, so the hamstring will never quite know uh, how bad that was. But, gee, the champions, when they, you know, sort of plan their fortnight, I mean, the, the first objective is, OK, get through the first week. There might be a scare or two. But once they turn the page into the second week, you know, he destroyed Alex Dimonor on that Monday night, Andre Rublev on the Wednesday night. Uh, Tommy Paul gave him a contest in that first set, but saw off the American. And then last night, I mean, we thought all week that, you know, Tsitsipas would certainly take it up to Djokovic. He was the best equipped uh, left in the draw and he could bring more assets. He did get behind on the scoreboard in that first set, which um, we thought, you know, was not not obviously going to work in his favour because he's a great sort of scoreboard front runner. But he did dig in in sets uh, two and three. had a set point there in the second. Uh, but, gee, Djokovic, uh, when you watch him up close, uh, guys, uh, Phenomenal athlete, uh, just, you know, he's defending, he's returning of serve, um, he, that sliding serve out to the juice court, which goes away from the forehand. It's just impossible to get a racket on. And he's the king of Melbourne Park. I mean, it's just quite phenomenal. And, yeah, Rena Savalenko, I've been bullish about her uh, for a few years. Love the way she goes about it. <laughs> she had the serving yips about 12 months ago. Uh, but she's a character. She wears her heart on her sleeve and, you know, great for her and, yeah, for Rinky and Jason. I mean, very different to the case of a year ago. Uh, but these are two really humble young guys who are, you know, hopefully destined for really good things in singles this year. But, yeah, surprise packet, wildcard pairing. Let's have a bit of fun, see how we go. But their energy and their synergy was phenomenal. And this is the thing about tennis. So Rinky Hedgicata, who I think is going to be a star from your neck of the woods up there in Sydney, mm. he goes from the Australian Open this week playing in the ATP Challenger in Bernie, in Tassie. So there you go. You've got, you know, you got to go back now and grind and earn the points. Hey, BP, um, Djokovic alluded to the fact, he goes, oh, only my family and close friends know that I've gone through a pretty rough four to five weeks. What what was – have you got any intel on that, what he was alluding to? 
Well, I think, uh, and look, there's always a little bit of mystery, and they don't, they don't ever let you totally into their inside world. They sort of drop those comments, and then, you know, it's for us to sort of interpret them, if you like. Um, look, I think, you know, certainly the whole, you know, coming back to Australia, mm. uh, there was the uncertainty of how he would be received and how he would be accepted, considering what had happened 12 months ago. So I think there was a level of trepidation there, a bit of anxiety around that. Uh, but, you know, he started the year in Adelaide. They gave him a huge reception. I mean, the Serbian fan base will drown out any of the, the doomsdays, if you like. I mean, if you saw Melbourne Park last night, it was just incredible. When I woke up, if you just woke up, you would think you are at the World Cup, you know, in Qatar or somewhere. Uh, the, the crowd inside Rod Laver and then, you know, Garden Square. I mean, there was 30,000 people outside uh, the stadium. Uh, it was it was just incredible. So he... Uh, yeah, I think there was that. You know, there was dealing with some some injury as well, whatever whatever level that was, which is you know not a hundred percent. And yeah, I think just the pressure, you know, to perform and the expectation. Uh, these are all little things that we just don't see behind the scenes. We want to be a fly on the wall, but you know, those people in the box they ride the roller coaster of you know having to be the support cast, if you like, to a professional athlete, which you know is just as much energy spent there as there is probably on the tennis court. That's 10 Australian Opens mm. victories for, for Novak. That's phenomenal, Brett, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's incredible. You look at you know, what Rafa's achieved at the French, uh, what Novak's done at the Australian Open, and you know, it was brought up the last few days uh, by a couple of shows I was speaking to. You know, should you know, Melbourne Park or should the Australian Open maybe erect a statue of Novak Djokovic? Because there is one of Nadal at Roland Garros. I mean, his record there is just... Phenomenal. So they've done it even before he's retired because clearly, and we're all mm. of the same mind, that, that 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 record will never be beaten. I mean, Novak, in the foreseeable future, if he stays fit and healthy, uh, could win maybe 12 or 13 Australian Opens, which would be uh, extraordinary. So, yeah, I think there'd be there'd be something. Uh, maybe, when the, maybe when the three are totally done. I mean, Roger's obviously hung up the racket now. There might be a, a joint sort of... Uh, mural or statue or whatever may be created because what these three have done. I mean, so we, and we're still talking, Nadal and Djokovic. I mean, all the young guys are making their mark. They're stepping up. They're playing some big finals. They're exciting us with their brand of tennis. But now we're on 22 apiece. We go to Roland Garros. Nadal's always had the edge there. The grass is, um, you know, it was what Djokovic loves. And then there's the uncertainty of the US Open. So we could get to the end of this year and both are on, 23 majors tied. So, yeah, it's phenomenal to watch. But BP, he's 35 years of age. Um, he still, as you mentioned, he looks fit and gets across the court still pretty handily. What does his schedule look like? Is, is he Does he play in, like, how many weeks a year is he playing? Well, it, it's sort of, there's a little bit of the unknown because, I mean, now it's the next big uh, two tournaments are in March. So, they're back-to-back in the United States. Indian Wells, regarded as the fifth major, and then Miami. Right now, he's not allowed into the U.S. Mm. I don't know if that's going to change, uh, whether it's going to change for the U.S. Open later this year. So his schedule's sort of been reduced a little bit. But these guys really now, now it's all about the four majors and there's nine what we call Masters 1000 events on the tour spread right across the year. So they're, they're the main focus for the, the top-line players and then you know bobbing up and playing where you think you need to play and have your training blocks uh, so, you know, these guys, obviously, as they go on, uh, they get smarter at their scheduling, peak at the right times. But, yeah, Djokovic, 
Um, look, look, we hope he can play Indian Wells, but I, I can't see the US government right now just changing it for one person. They've been pretty stubborn about that. Chatting with Brett Phillips, Doyen when it comes to tennis. Now, Brett, in the Formula One, Drive to Survive, huge hit for Netflix. The same gang have got together and they've now done break point in the tennis. Now, we can talk about the tennis players, but I need to talk about you. The second season of Drive to Survive opens up with the Australian Doyen, Matty White. Yes. Can we see Brett Phillips in Breakpoint in one of the Netflix docos, please, Brett? Well, look, uh, you know, happy to bring the <laughs> – no, no, look, I, I – uh, you know, you just do your part, don't you? Behind the scenes, just humble. And uh, mm. look, if you happen to get on a camera, so be it. But I've actually got to catch up on three of the episodes. I have not had a chance to sit down and watch the whole lot being caught up in the tennis. Um, I think it's got some mixed reactions, uh, Breakpoint, but – uh, I, I've you know, loved what I've seen, uh, but maybe, might, it might be the voice without the without the face. But hey, that's life in radio for <laughs> thirty years, isn't it? Exactly right. And that uh, voice you're speaking about, yours tonight at eight o'clock, daylight savings time. First serve, you can mop up mm. what has been a tremendous Australian Open record crowds. Mm. I understand, Brett, as well. Yeah, I think uh, well over the th- we call it sort of a three week event now, the Slams, when you include the qualifying week. So their target was yeah, 900,000. They've gone to 902,830-odd for the two weeks of the Australian Open. I mean, the place last night was just uh, uh, incredible. I mean, the amount of people who just flock in who are never re- – not the tennis purists who want to sit uh, all day watching tennis, but they just love the event. They congregate. Tennis on the big screen. And Melbourne Park, unlike the other majors, has just expanded the footprint where – you can uh, come in and feel pretty comfortable. And, um, yeah, it's incredible. It's the best sporting precinct uh, in the world. It's proximity to the CBD. And, yeah, hats off to um, Tennis Australia. Done a mighty job. And, yeah, we're back. Uh, 15th year of the first serve. We can't wait. Uh, an extra hour. We'll discuss tennis all the way through the year. So it doesn't stop just because the month of January comes to an end. Brett Phillips, great to chat as always, mate. And uh, well done on a tremendous uh, open as well once again. No, pleasure. Thank you, guys. There he is, BP, Brady Phillips, all over it as per normal. Now we go to Vanessa for the traffic.